Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hey, everyone. Uh, something important has come up, and I wanted to take a minute to talk about it here at the top of the show. Um, after we recorded the episode you're about to hear, uh, we received a message from a friend of the show, Chris Zavalos, um, asking if we could help spread awareness for his mother, Gloria, uh, and her battle with ovarian cancer. Um, so Gloria has been in chemo since this past summer, but has since been taken off uh, and placed in hospice care uh, so she can be made comfortable in her final days. Um, so Chris's family is undergoing some pretty significant um, financial strain because of the ar- arrangement. So Chris, uh, Chris's sister has started a GoFundMe page uh, to see you know what help they can get from friends and family on that. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to say we've met so many awesome people through doing this show. You guys have all been so generous and cool to us. Uh, and I wanted to put this out there to see if you guys would be willing to help out someone from this community uh, as they're going through some very hard times. So um, if you do have the financial ability to help them out, please hit up their GoFundMe page and donate a few bucks. Uh, it would mean the world to them. If you don't have the money to contribute, you can still help out by, you know, retweeting the post. I'm going to, I'm going to be treating, tweeting that out. Um, also sharing it on Facebook. Um, and you can help by sharing those posts. So um, to get to the GoFundMe page, it's gofundme.com slash Gloria Zavalos. That's Z-E-V-A-L-L-O-S. Thanks, guys. Welcome to Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover, episode 38. You're listening to the number one video game podcast on the internet that features my best friends. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Redding. Joining me is Mike the Hunter Lopez. Oh, my. Yeah, yeah more on that later. <laughs> yes, indeed. And David King Hotcakes Tate. <laughs> you may bow. <laughs> and joining us on this episode, our good pal, Ashley, not to be confused with Bruce Lee Ortiz. Oh. Hello. She's not Bruce Lee. No, I'm not. Are you sure? I'm pre- uh, I could try busting out some moves, but I'd probably sure. hurt myself. Oh, man. <laughs> Thanks for well, joining us. <laughs> thank you for that intro, Adam Redline Redding. Ooh, oh. there we go. There we How's go. How's that? Hmm? That's a deep cut right there. Deep cuts. <laughs> the Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover Podcast comes to you every fortnight, with each of us coming to the table to discuss one burning topic from the world of gaming. But first, what are you guys playing? I would like to start, please. Yeah, yeah, go for it. <laughs> All right, may I? Okay, uh, I've been playing that Firewatch. Oh man, did you finish yeah, it? Yeah, I did. I finished it. Uh, I mean, I could go ahead and give it my uh, my score now if you'd yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give it. Oh, this is tough. I want to give it. I th- I think. Okay, I'm gonna give it three out of five pizzas. 
Three okay. out of five. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, that's not bad. It's not huge, but it's not bad. Um, I wanted to give it four out of five pizzas, but it's just a little bit too short for that, I think. Oh, I think if okay. it was maybe an hour or two longer, it would have gotten four out of five pizzas. So you needed, you felt you needed a little more time in that world to really get to yeah, that appropriate really, pizza level. I think so. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's you mostly play that game for the story. Yeah, um, that's all like the gameplay is very like, you know, nil. There's not a whole lot of like there's walking to this place and then, you know, you know, uh, interacting with interacting this thing with that thing. But yeah, you actually you just play it for the story, really. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's really it's a really cool story. It's It's got a lot of mystery and that's um, awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And I don't I don't want to spoil anything, but I do feel like the transition from the mystery to the reveal of the mystery was like really abrupt. Oh. And so I feel like maybe if they had spent another maybe hour kind of unraveling the mystery a little bit more, okay. it would have been better. So strictly yeah. from a storytelling standpoint, the, and the graphics are beautiful. Music's beautiful. Voice acting's amazing. Um, even the awesome. little gameplay elements are good. You know, everything's good. It's just, it just need, I just need a little bit more. So, yeah, I think I'm going to be playing that really soon because yeah. I, you know, I've been playing The Witness. I talked about it last time. Oh yeah, how's it, that going? It's, it's glorious. <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, I was I've been telling Mike about it because um, it's it's one of those games that like once I start playing, something has to physically come up, uh, like something has to interrupt me. Otherwise, I will never stop playing. <laughs> so either either I I'm like falling asleep because i'm so tired like and it's three in the morning um and then the next day i'm like oh, i'm certainly going to bed earlier than that and then t- then two o'clock rolls around the next morning i'm like oh gosh like i gotta go to work at six you know or whatever oh, so it has been like all week long just like so addictive that game it's so good huh well um, that's good i'm getting pretty far i think it's it's really tough to tell i i did something that has been my goal like obviously is the goal from the very outset of the game um so i did that and i discovered something i was telling mike i discovered more puzzles <laughs> so, so there's like a bunch more to do i don't know how much more so we'll see but yeah it's it's a really fantastic game hmm. um but i'll have i'll have a full breakdown i'm sure once i finish it hmm. um and then i did finish rise of the tomb raider oh Ooh. Right, that, Rota. Yeah, Rota. <laughs> so, finish that up. That was a good time. So, just a quick breakdown. Um, you know, it has like a lot all those set piece kind of moments that it's that the Tomb Raider series has stolen from Uncharted. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. and uh, but notably, like they're all fantastic, but notably, one kind of in the early hours of the game that involve an icy waterfall area. Um, when you play it, you will see that that part is pretty awesome as, as set pieces go. Hmm. And then um, the tombs were really great. Uh, and they were good in the last game, too. But I, I yeah, felt they like were they were my favorite part of the last game. Yeah, yeah. I felt like they were even better at this time around. Um, you know, they're just really pretty to look at, traversal puzzles. Um, and uh, yeah, definitely one of the stars of the show. Um, also cool is that like in this game, like the more you read carvings and inscriptions on items and, and pillars and plaques and stuff like that, the more like Greek or Russian you start to remember, she'll be like, oh, you know, my Russian's kind of rusty. And then the more you keep finding it, it like actually levels up. Oh, that's and really then, cool. So once you get to like level two, then you can read more 
of these items and you actually get rewarded for exploring, you know, all that stuff hmm. um, with more story and more world world building. So that was really cool. Um, and then like combat and traversal mechanics have been kind of evolved and refined uh, from the 2013 Tomb Raider. Like uh, I talked about it before, but like they, they kind of swiped the last of us um, bomb slash Molotov cocktail crafting. Mm-hmm. And so you'll be, doing that um and then like there's some like grappling hook mechanic that was added and like uh climbing arrows and stuff so they did some cool new stuff and like they they you know it was baby steps and by the end of the game you're like swinging from a grappling hook and launching to a wall and ice climbing and then using climbing arrows and then doing (laughs) stealth takedowns from under icy water and crafting bombs like hastily behind cover and firing off your uh like your crafted incendiary shotgun ammo and exploding arrows like all the stuff like it it really all the systems ended up just making something like when you kind of step back toward the end you're just like this is pretty amazing. Like all the stuff I'm doing. Like she sounds it, like the Terminator. <laughs> yeah, seriously, like describing <laughs> Lady Terminator. Yeah. Lady Terminator. So, and then that that is um, a good observation because, like, I did kind of feel a little overpowered toward the end of the game. Nice. Just by, and I didn't even find everything. Like, um, <laughs> like so some of the some of the later enemies. Like, I won't spoil anything here, but they're like really skillfully teased. To where you're like kind of dreading having to face them when you get there, and um, and then I just plowed through them with basically no, <laughs> no trouble at all. So awesome. I was like, I was like, oh well, I was thinking that was gonna be a lot harder, but oh well. Um, and I I was not. I mean, I was. I'm always kind of like somewhere between total story only not touching any side stuff and completionist like you know i'm somewhere between there so i Mm -hmm. I found i feel like i did a lot of exploring but i didn't like exhaustively search every area um so i mean i was decently leveled up i felt like toward the end like there weren't really any other upgrades i wanted as i was getting more skill points i was like i already got everything i'm good so um and then yeah so i i know i had mentioned on a previous show like i had like some issues with the story. Yeah. And it turned out my misgivings about the story were totally resolved by the time the ending credits rolled. Oh, nice. In in the end, it did tell like a really cool, uh, pulp adventure type story. So it was really good. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I would have to give it a burrito rating at this point. Yes, you do have to. I'm obliged contractually. You're contractually obligated. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I gotta say four out of five burritos mm, for Rise wow. of the Tomb Raiders. It is a, it's a fantastic game. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. So, what about you guys? What about Mike or Let's, our special let's let guest? Our, our guests go and stop <laughs> being <laughs> so rude. <laughs> oh, no, I like hearing what you guys are playing. Um, but uh, I've only been playing, I only have time to play so many games nowadays. But the one that I've been sticking to pretty consistently, surprisingly, has been Black Ops 3. I'm playing that on wow. PS4. Um, I am not a Call of Duty, or I was not before this one. Uh, I tried Advanced Warfare, and I'd heard other things about previous games. Just the thought of a military first-person shooter just did not interest me in the least bit. But yeah. after playing the beta and the alpha for Black Ops 3, I totally got into it it's it's really fast paced the game types are awesome and um i got really lucky just 
because I got the season pass for free. So that's 50 bucks worth of content that I'm having to, you know, just run around and enjoy. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I love it, especially the, the new map pack came out, uh, awakening for, uh, PS4, like in February. So I've just been playing that nonstop and I'm, I'm still trying to get things down because I, I didn't understand for the longest time, like how the leveling up system worked, like how you prestige and like keep mm. leveling up. And there's, there's, there's a lot of levels to it, but it's, it's super fun. Like, I, and I enjoy it more when I'm playing with other people that I know. Uh, it's, sure, it's not yeah. as fun playing with random people, especially the people who are playing it nonstop day in day out and oh, they are yeah. prestiged like 50 times over and their level is a thousand and you're just like oh my god like how much time have you put they into have this, this like every map completely memorized oh, yeah, they've and- got all these strategies too they just hop around and they shoot people midair and uh, it's, just, it's, it's, it's incredible but then it's also very frustrating because i to, yeah. to steal to steal a joke from south park how do you kill that which has no life <laughs> From yeah, the Warcraft episode, World of Warcraft. Yeah. I mean, it's it's amazing how good some people are at this game. But it, like I said, it's really, really fun. And they keep adding new content, too. They have this whole black market uh, thing where you just save up these things called crypto keys. And then you can unlock new things for your specialists and customize them how you see fit. You can unlock different camos for the weapons. So, I mean, it's just there's a lot to it. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy it. And then the other thing that I've been playing on my 3DS is the new Fire Emblem that came out, or I should Ooh. say Fire Emblems, because there's multiple. Yeah, it's like, isn't there three of them? Yeah. I, I That's didn't, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't quite get it when they announced it, because I was thinking that they were going the Pokemon route, where you'd have to buy, like, you know, multiple games, and but it would be the same content no matter what. But yeah. it seems like each version of the game is a completely different experience and then you have what? different characters and then even the play yeah. style is different because uh, Brooke oh, Wright is wild. supposed to be more, be more streamlined whereas Conquest has more like uh, it, it's it's more difficult with the the things that they give you to do like instead of just routing the enemy you have to capture this person if you don't capture this person then more enemies pop up and then you have to take them out before you can do this and so there, there's a lot more to it but I mean I'm enjoying it and I was lucky enough to actually get the special edition which came with the two different versions of the games plus revelations and the map pack and stuff. So I'm just trying not to get overwhelmed with it. Cause it's, it, there's, a, <laughs> there's a lot, but I, I really like it so far. Haven't finished it yet. So I can't give it any kind of pizza or burrito rating yet, but uh, <laughs> it's on the way. It's on the way. So awesome. definitely give it a cool. pizza rating, not a burrito rating. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I, it depends on how, how hungry I am and what I'm craving. That, okay. You know, the rating oh, will be. Uh, feel free to pick your own food <laughs> of <Yeah>. choice. <laughs> cheeseburgers. Oh, burritos. Oh, we don't have a cheeseburger rating yet. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. There's a lot of toppings you can put on a cheeseburger. For some That's reason, true. we don't have a hotcake rating. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's so <laughs> it weird. It seemed like the natural way to go, and we all avoided it. We, I don't know. The hotcakes came in after the burrito system was well, yeah, well established. Maybe like so. the hot fudge sundae rating, like all the toppings. Oh, work man. That could work. <laughs> Oh man! But I am done. So, Mike, if you want to go ahead, yeah. What are you yeah, playing, Mike? Sure. So, um, I was playing some some Grim Fandango, uh, the remaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Was working on, on my platinum for that because I mean, I look at the trophy list, and basically the only thing you have to really do to get the platinum for that game is just when you talk to different characters, uh, just exhaust like all the dialogue options. Uh, and that's kind of the that, way to play those games anyway. You, know? you kind of have to. Um, There's so much funny stuff that you miss if you don't. Yeah, it's totally worth doing it anyway. So it wasn't a big deal. 
Um, and the tank controls, right? And, and, and you got your tank controls on. So that's... <laughs> What are you going to do? Um, yeah, what are you going to do? You got to get that platinum. You got to. Um, you can't just not have it. And so, Adam, maybe because <laughs> I, I actually had to take a break uh, from the game because my my playthrough is being really glitchy, like especially when I'm trying to oh. save my game. Um, I feel like intermittently, like lately, it's just been locking up completely. It's my only game that does that. Um, and so a couple of times now I have uh, been playing it, tried to save my game, wait like almost 10 minutes and like it's just yeah it's definitely locked up and just yeah. lose like one to two hours of progress like each you time know, i did have to i think at one point i did have to uninstall and reinstall the game on my vita because i was having some weird glitches too yeah and it so involved I, yeah. it did involve like uploading my save or something and trying to reload it or i can't remember exactly yeah it's something goofy so i'm gonna come back to when i got, I got frustrated uh dealing with the glitches so yeah. Um, I started playing uh, Uncharted Drake's Fortune uh, remaster, which is Ooh, really yeah. good. Um, you know, Bluepoint did such a good job with the remaster, um, kind of bringing in the Uncharted 2 uh, gun controls and the grenade controls and getting rid of like the the six axis balancing things oh, that was in the yeah, game. It's all yeah. Yeah. so bad. All the garbage has been kind of taken out and, and uh, all the good stuff has been, you know, just amplified. Yeah, that's um, cool. I wonder how much of that was like Sony saying, "Hey, we got the six axis, you know." I'm yeah. not saying you have to use it, but you know, let's look who pays your bills. Well, yeah, you know, I don't know. something with the the touchpad in this version. Be like, oh my god, guys, we got a touchpad. <laughs> <laughs> although, although I kind of liked the gimmicky stuff that was on the uh, Uncharted Golden Abyss on Vita. Oh where, yeah, yeah. You like had to hold the Vita up to the light. Yeah, like, like, like charcoal rubbings. Yeah, you yeah. do the charcoal rubbing or like dust uh, an artifact off with the touch screen. I thought the stuff was cool. <sighs> I yeah. yeah, well, especially with something like that, you you need to take advantage of it. Otherwise, why not just do it on PS3 or PS4? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm playing through that on crushing. I've gotten like 50 out of 60 of the collectibles, so. I should have that one platinumed in, in the not too distant future. Um, <laughs> Mike, you such a problem. <laughs> I know, I know. And here's the thing. Um, I took a quick break from it to uh, to platinum. Um, everyone's gone to the rapture. <laughs> Mostly because there was like a, like one night earlier this week that the uncharted disc wasn't in the drive. And I was like, oh, I have to get up to put it in. Like, I'll just, I'm just going to play. Everyone's <laughs> got the rapture. Digital I'll, I'll sales are taking off. <laughs> Yeah, this is why the digital sales are taking off so much. It's, it's because, like, I do the same thing. It's like, oh, gosh, I have to walk 10 feet to put a disc in? Ugh. And, and I'll just play this other game. The disc wasn't even put away. It was, like, literally just sitting, like, upside down next to the TV. Like, I didn't, it was, like, almost zero effort to do it. And I just, <laughs> that is amazing. Um, oh, man. So I did, I did Platinum, uh, Everyone's Got the Rapture, which is a phenomenal game uh, with, with maybe the worst trophies of all time. Um... <laughs> But yeah, I, I was able to finally get that platinum, which was, it felt pretty good. It's been a little now, while. Do you want to go into um, why your nickname is The Hunter? Sure. <laughs> why not? Why not? Why so, not? So this is a, a little bit of a, a spoiler. This is, this is not the, the end of the show plugs for mans that we would normally do this on. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but we're working on, on a few things for the show. And, and one of them is going to be, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start utilizing our blog for something more than just, you know, posting when the episodes are up. Oh, my. Um, so I'm coming with a little segment called The Hunt, which is going to be the basically uh, a little progress report of what I'm playing, what I'm platinuming. And uh, any particular tips or tricks I can offer you uh, along the way if you're going to do the same. 
Or maybe just the woes. <laughs> just the woes. Like, so the, the, the first post should be uh, next week after this uh, episode posts, and it'll be about everyone's gone to the rapture and the, the definite pitfalls there are in trying to platinum this particular game. <laughs> should, should be a good time. Yeah, yeah, that'll be awesome. We'll tweet out the link. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. This going to be sounds, awesome. Sounds nice and depressing. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all the, the ways Mike has been wasting his time this week. <laughs> It's mostly just like a blog of like really sad pictures of me, just like <laughs> just sitting in the You're couch, just crying, happy, crying, crying like I, I worked for four hours and the trophy didn't pop. <laughs> My data is corrupted. No. <laughs> That'll be when you you go for your Persona Four Golden mm-hmm. uh, Platinum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. True You'll be dealing with like the crazy save issues again. Oh, uh, hopefully not. <laughs> Oh man! You playing anything else? No, no. Let's uh, let's do some news. All right, yeah. So hey, hopping d- in. Oh hey, yeah. Oh, hang on. <laughs> yes, yes. There is one more business. game I've been playing that I uh, that I haven't met that I didn't mention, which was uh, Heroes collected. of the Storm. Oh okay. Yeah, back to playing that a little bit. It's really fun. I like it a lot. They've added a bunch of new characters from Diablo three and two. I heard that. Yeah. And uh, they're they're amazing. The wizard is amazing. And uh, that's it. That's all I got. Dumbledore, say. I, th- cool. I believe his no, name is no uh, Gandalf. <laughs> You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> Wasn't that uh, Harry? Harry Gandalf. Uh, uh, ha- Harry Gandalf, you be one. Huh? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> right, so, okay. time for uh, the news. Oh, the, the news? News. Yes. Yeah. So, the PS4 um, is getting streaming. Now, game streaming, remote play. I am so excited. Coming uh, to the wait, PC. It's already got remote play. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. PC <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Mac and Linux, right? Isn't yeah, it coming to PC. Um, and that's according to the latest PS4 firmware update that is in testing currently. So I, I think there are some, maybe some beta testers out there. No, you won't no? be able to use it. Uh, I oh, rem- that's right. I that, that feature. That's that right. That one feature is not enabled for some reason. So I'm really looking forward to doing that because, yeah, I, like, I, I posted a a little picture the other night of uh, doing some uh, streaming from my Xbox one to the laptop. Mm-hmm. I've and done so, that too. So that That's was great. really cool. I, I quite enjoyed that. So I was like, you know what, this is the way t- that I want to do some remote play on the PS4. Yeah. So um, yeah, looking forward to, to trying that out. That's allegedly with the next, the, the, the uh, next PS4 firmware update. So I'm not sure when that is, but hopefully soon. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's spring and we're almost at spring. So mm-hmm. Should mm-hmm. be any any day now, but yeah, uh, I have I've tested the Microsoft uh, streaming thing too, and it's it's really great. And I went to such great lengths uh, to do that over the Christmas break because, um, like, I I knew I was going out of town and I wanted to play some video games. Um, and I had an Xbox One, but I didn't have a Windows laptop, so mm. I actually bought a larger hard drive for my MacBook Pro so that I could. Uh, install Windows 10 on a uh, separate <laughs> partition. Oh, yeah, because you can use Boot Camp, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I, I installed 10. Windows 10 and then I, you know, downloaded that, that just so I could download the app to play uh, X- Xbox games yeah. <laughs> and streamed uh, some uh, some Star Wars Battlefront and Rise of the Tomb Raider to so, it. So you did it um, from your folks' house or... Yeah, well, I brought my Xbox One down, but they only have one HD TV. Oh, so, yeah. So you were so on I a local my, network. Okay, yeah, because yeah, I was curious about that if it does, because I, I haven't tried this, but, um, you know, trying to open up ports and, and actually stream from the interwebs. Yeah, I don't think you, I don't think Microsoft lets you do that. 
You'd probably have to VPN into your house or something yeah. crazy. Yeah, and I, I didn't feel like figuring all that out. Um, yeah. <laughs> although I have tried to figure that out before with Steam, and because uh, Steam lets you do in-home streaming from one computer that has Steam installed to another computer, uh, and I actually set up a VPN at my house once and streamed it <laughs> down in North Carolina, but that's, it was too man, laggy. So that's, that's some <laughs> awesome nerd stuff. Oh yeah, super nerdy. Super I love, nerd it. Times. love it. So um, Vivendi, you guys heard of this company? Mm-mm. A little bit. They, they were Evil around a long time ago. Or overlords, I believe. Is what it stands for in Italian? I don't know. Um, so Vivendi <laughs> seems to be making a play at a hostile takeover of Ubisoft. It, what? And oh boy. This sounds familiar. I feel like we heard this same story like a couple of years ago. Did, did you hear anything about it, Mike? Um, I know we talked about it earlier. Yeah, you know, I I want to say that this sounds like a really familiar... I don't remember if it was with Ubisoft or with another company, but it sounded really, really familiar. Um, but I just can't... Yeah. Um, well, I think, I think the takeaway is that Clearly, Vivendi is controlled by the Templars. <laughs> See, okay, so where did this thing about Vivendi being evil come from? Because I, I remember they used to be around in the 90s and the 2000s, or I guess it was the 2000s. Um, I, 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 it's not based on anything except okay, for them just... trying to pull off a, a hostile takeover. So I see, I see. It's not nice. It's not nice to do, guys. I see. <laughs> ne- oh, it's neither not nice is murdering to do hostile people. takeovers. Yeah. So oh. how are they taking over and I'm, I'm totally clueless as to so Ubisoft I mean they're a publicly traded company so anybody can buy a stock mm-hmm. um, and Vivendi is like uh, I think they're based out of France they're like a big like a mass media company mm-hmm. so yes, they have like French. TV and, and uh, music and film and all kinds of things they, and they do have a video game they own video game companies well they used but, to be a publisher I believe back yeah, in yeah, the they 2000s did. yeah so um yeah i think they probably just been watching um the market and had probably noticed that you know they could very slyly start buying up a bunch of ubisoft stock um and if they can get just enough uh stock and if they can purchase some of the outlying developers at the same time Mm -hmm. they can really force ubisoft to come to the table to like basically sell Oh, because so, they can they can hold developers, you know, kind of hostage. Like if they buy them out from underneath Ubisoft, and if they have enough stock, you know, they get Jeez. to vote in in you know the sell um, mm-hmm. proposition. So yeah, it's it can be a very tricky thing when you're a publicly traded company. Mm. Very sneaky, very sneaky. Mm-hmm. Man, they belong in House Slytherin. Am I right, guys? Am I right? <laughs> High five. Tell me about it. High five. I don't. I don't know what that means. <laughs> so. <laughs> This uh, next one comes from our pal Russell. Good old Ruski, big Ruski. Yeah. Uh, that's how they say it, I believe. I believe so. Rus- um, Ruski. Ruski. <laughs> no, certainly not Rusky. <laughs> um, so Xbox head Phil Spencer, um, in chatting about their plans for software development on the new universal Windows platform, which includes PC and Xbox, um, hinted that this could mean a mid-gen hardware upgrade for Xbox One. Hmm. So that, I, I find that pretty interesting. So there were a bunch of stories kind of written about this uh, just recently. And, um, you know, there was, I don't know that, what do you guys feel about that? Because that's, it's definitely, it would be a kind of unprecedented, you know, for outside of like Sega doing a 32X and things like that. Well, only mildly um, unprecedented. Slightly as, precedented. And for the console <laughs> business though, usually, you know, you don't. You know, do the uh, the iPad type thing and update every year or whatever. Yeah, but it seems like um, that's what this could end up being. 
Well, I don't know. I feel like $400 is too much money to spend every year. And I, I really have a hard time believing they'll get a ton of people to do that. But also well, not every year, but as far as people who haven't bought one yet, oh, like, oh, you know, I'll get this souped up Xbox one, you know, and yeah. it runs the games a little bit better. And yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I was getting the impression that he, he thought we were, there was going to be some way we could actually update our current Xbox one somehow. I don't know exactly how they would pull that off, but um like because i know the n64 had that like crazy memory pack that the you could expansion like port yeah. yeah you could shove into this <laughs> yeah. yeah so I, I wonder if there's some secret compartment on the xbox one that we could you know shove some upgrades into somehow See, I, I can't imagine because they they've not even allowed us to upgrade the hard drive which yeah. is i mean a pretty easy thing to do yeah it's true so I, yeah I, I don't know what their plans are i think the big problem is that the announcement was like so vague that mm-hmm. it's allowing everyone to kind of interpret it differently. Um, yeah, there are a lot of different opinions. Yeah, because my initial, until I started reading other people's interpretations, my initial gathering was it not an Xbox upgrade, but more like they have this platform now, and and what he's saying is like, from from here to the future, like every new Xbox that comes out or PC comes out, like the games will be completely like backwards compatible. There won't be any reason because they're being developed in this, you know, Microsoft Universal platform there'd be no reason that the next Xbox you buy wouldn't play all of your old games. You don't have to worry about this backwards compatibility thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, um, he seemed to imply it was anywhere you could install Windows. So, yeah. like, it almost seemed to imply that you could use your, like, if you had a PC at home, you could start playing your Xbox games on that as long as you have Windows installed, which, that's interesting. It's interesting. I, I guess my, my biggest, uh, I guess, complaint with the announcement is just, like, par for the course so far microsoft comes out and says something and are not clear and concise about it <laughs> and everyone just speculates and, it, and it, i feel like it's gonna be that point where everyone either assumes the worst yeah <laughs> which is you know something that assuredly is going to happen or they start to assume something that's like just a pipe dream and then when right. they can't deliver that it's this disappointment so like, yeah I yeah i don't know what they're doing <laughs> done that consistently since they announced the xbox one because remember when they first announced it they said oh guys there's going to be no sharing games because it's going to be all digital and and people freaked out and yeah, then they sort of always connected and were like, and- eh, just kidding because i think they just put stuff out there just to see what what people are going to respond to positively and negatively and then just go from there which is kind of a <laughs> bad thing to do it's but, really bizarre i mean yeah. they've been they've been making strides in the a, a better direction in my opinion because i mean yeah. personally i have not invested any money into an xbox one yet because i'm still kind of waiting it out and it seems like that is the smartest thing to do because <laughs> uh it just it just seems like most of the bundles are getting better the technology is getting better just from yeah. like from at, at launch i was not impressed specifically with the the price point the fact that the the controller didn't have a 3.5 millimeter jack to plug in a freaking headset, which yeah, the crazy. PS4 had at launch. Uh, and the backer compatibility thing, too, uh, they were kind of tossing that around for a while. And they're like, nope, not going to do it. And then later down the line, it's just an update that they put through. And I'm thinking, OK, well, this is awesome. It's $50 cheaper, backer compatibility. They've redesigned the controller. So it seems like they're heading in the right direction. It's just mm-hmm. they're kind of confused on <laughs> like how they yeah, get ideas and that's up kind the of ground. Something, yeah, that's like I read a little article about it, and um, 
uh, Matt Martin of VG247, he, he kind of put it perfectly. He said, adding multiple hardware configurations causes headaches for developers, confusion at retail, and disappointment for players. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, like, if I started thinking about it, like, that was the initial thing I thought it was like, oh, the developers are going to hate this. Like, now yeah. we have to make two versions of our Xbox One game. You know, if, if they were to, say, release, um, you know, a mid-gen Xbox One, you know, 0.5, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, yeah, at retail, you'd be like, okay, well, here this one's cheaper because they still have some on the shelf. And that one, it's a, they both say Xbox One. And then also, I was thinking, like, of course, every screenshot would be from the best version of the Xbox One, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if you're, if you have the original one like I do, then it would be like, you know, well, what does the game really look like on, on the console that I own? You know, so that uh, you know traditionally that's been the strength of console. The console market is that developers can really focus in on this one piece of hardware without it being splintered like a, a PC environment is. You know, like for PC, you have to kind of shoot for the widest audience that you know you think the the PC specs are in this range. You know, but for consoles, like you see stuff like The Last of Us. Um, you know, that is tailor-made for that hardware so much so that it was actually nightmarish to port to PS4. Um, and, you know, things like that to where you can squeeze every ounce of performance out of this particular box and you know everyone has exactly that box. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a quandary. I think I think they'll probably do nothing, honestly. Yeah. They'll probably, it's they probably, probably going to be like, we should have never said that. We're never doing it. Bye-bye. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they're, I think they're going to do the unified Windows, you know, platform or whatever. But yeah, I, absolutely. I, I, don't, I don't see them launching an, another Xbox hardware revision. Yeah. I don't think that would be good business, personally. We'll see. And I know, Time will tell. And I know Phil listens to the show. He's a big fan. So if you'd like to get on and clarify your position, you know, Phil, you're welcome to join us anytime. Or maybe you could send everybody free Xboxes just so everybody can yeah, get, give, get give the lay of the land. Would you mind giving all of us and all of our guests uh, free Xboxes? So that uh, Phil's, Phil's been trying to get on the show for a while. It's just, you know, we got guests already lined up like Ashley, Those like scheduling other people. issues. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah you know, so it's, it's tough. You guys are in uh, big demand, so I can see why you can't <laughs> are you guys ready for some twitter questions mm-hmm. i was the born ready for these twitter questions the tweets are happening tweets from peeps <laughs> <laughs> it's a very natural slogan i think yeah. we should keep it yeah <laughs> it's a great rhyme too it's like the perfect so, rhyme. this comes from some new pod pals um Ooh, new ones yeah the game Hi, buds. New pod pals yeah the game buds in the uk um oh my. so that means their accent is nice and fancy <laughs> yeah so um they said with one of your group currently playing through the witness what would you say is each of your favorite puzzle game or series oh boy it's a tough one <laughs> Yeah. My, oh, wait, Mike, no, it's not. Mike, do you want to go I'm first? Because yeah. <laughs> I know you, you got one. <laughs> are you worried that people will steal my answer? Like I'm worried. Dude, that always happens to you. <laughs> like, so well, my, I'll be like, I'll just pull one out of the air. And like, you're like, yeah. no. My, my gut reaction issue was like, oh, like Portal or Portal 2. And, and I do love those games. And I think they're like perfect puzzle games. But um, if I had to pick a favorite like, off the top of my head right now, I would probably say Device 6. 
Oh yeah, that's a fantastic. It's game. a really good one, and and I know they have a new game out. I haven't played it yet, but I, I just want more of that exact format. I, I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys, uh, David, uh, Ashley, did either of you play Device Six? Mm-mm. I have no idea what it is. Oh, it's a it's an iPhone or is it an iPhone? I think maybe just iPad. I, it's iPad uh, for sure. I don't know yeah. about iPhone. I played it on an iPad. It's it's it, effectively it's like an interactive novel. Oh. So you, you're sitting there reading, and then the text will like turn and go up, and you have to like rotate the screen, and then you'll you swipe a little bit, and it's like it's the 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 design of it is pretty amazing, and then you'll get to um just based on what you've read a picture will come up and now you're solving a puzzle in that picture did jj abrams have something to do with this game mm, i don't, I don't know. think so i think I don't he know. did did he let me let it's, me look it it's looks a really fantastic familiar. game and it's made by um smogo which is they're uh uh where are they they're out there in sweden i believe yeah little indie studio i think it's just two guys um they are it's a, anyway a fantastic game if you if you see it on the old iOS store pick up that device 6 that is that's an huh. awesome pick it's phenomenal um what about, well what about for you, me David? uh mike went ahead and threw out my answer uh and then threw it into the garbage uh, my answer is <laughs> portal 2 <laughs> in the garbage so <laughs> yeah i was going to say something stupid like portal 2 but <laughs> then I, was like, I decided that's to dumb. pick something <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Portal 2, and that's because I'm not a huge fan of puzzle games, but I absolutely love story-driven games, and mm-hmm. Portal 2 is like a, a really, like, I was willing to put up with the puzzles to see more of the story, kind of, basically, is how that worked. <laughs> that so, is the most yeah. awkward review of Portal 2 I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, it's weird, and, you know, Portal 2 does have those puzzles, though, where when you solve them, you're like... Oh yeah! Oh, I'm such a genius for figuring this out. Yeah, you know, like everyone, look at how brilliant I am. I figured it <laughs> that's, out. That's you know? exactly what playing the witness is like. It's yeah, like that's you, what I hear. You, I I very rarely feel dumb. It's like I just feel determined, and then I get it, and I'm like, I'm a genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's super awesome. So, um, I you know we were talking about this earlier. I kind of, I mean, I'm on a witness high right now, obviously. <laughs> And so I want to finish it before I give a final verdict. But man, The Witness is definitely on my short list for for favorite puzzle game. Yeah, I, um, I hear that a lot from people who've played it. I've got a, I've got a lot of nostalgia for puzzle games that that you know I don't know if they've aged so well, like Mist. You know, it's it, I can't really play it anymore. But man, I loved it back in the day. <laughs> um, and just I, I loved that whole thing of like it was like me and Ryan and Sean and Matt Clark all just hanging out and um you know just like writing down notes about how we thought this puzzle and then we'd solve it and you're like and there was no internet to cheat so you'd get stuck on a puzzle for <laughs> weeks and then you're like someone would come over like dude i've got an idea <laughs> <You know? laughs> it was just such a cool experience uh that whole thing but i guess if i had to go all-time favorite um uh, puzzle game i guess i'd have to say the secret of monkey island oh Ooh. okay I loved it. It's a so good, good rub, like a rubber chicken with a pulley in the middle of it. Yeah. Like, what's what's that to love? A, I'll do a runner up also. Um, Day of the Tentacle was one of my favorites. And they're oh, actually that's remaking a fantastic that. Game. I'm really excited. Yeah. Yeah, that is so, awesome. Okay. I, I think we're kind of seeping into adventure games more than puzzle games. <laughs> you know, I don't care. It's, <laughs> it's, it's got puzzles. an element of puzzle, right? There's so many puzzles. Mm, I, well, because I, I, I'm trying to think, because Portal, I would say, but then I think my main. 
answer would be Professor Layton, like the three oh, the, okay. the DS games. Oh, I never played that. Oh my gosh, they're so great. And I, I think part of the charm is the style that Level 5 decided to do it in, because uh, the, the art is reminiscent, I don't know if anybody is an anime fan, but like Hayao Miyazaki, like Studio Ghibli type yeah. um, mm-hmm. artwork, like it, it looks like a storybook and you're just playing through the story and the puzzles are incorporated into the story and everything is interactive, so you're just you know, tapping away to try to find these little coins that'll help you solve puzzles if you get too stumped. But it's it's great. I love the Professor Layton game, games. I've and heard those are really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's there's a whole bunch. And usually you can find, because the, the first few came out on the original DS, and mm-hmm. then it got moved over to the 3DS. And I think there was one standalone Professor Layton game, and then they kind of mashed together uh, my other favorite 3DS slash DS uh, game series, Phoenix Wright. And those two are basically battling. Uh, they're at odds with each other, so <laughs> it's it's pretty interesting. <laughs> I, I like I like games like that, but specifically, I mean, I don't know if Phoenix Wright counts, but I mean, with your investigations, and you basically have to interrogate uh, people on the stand and figure out who's lying, who's not. And so there, there's like an element of like puzzle solving based mm-hmm. on what evidence you you've gathered. And I've always I've always liked that kind of thing. So I think those would probably be my answers. That's awesome. Good answers. All right. So next question comes from Mr. McGarry. All right. He says, with games like The Last Guardians or The Last Guardian and No Man's Sky, um, have some games been so overhyped that they could never really reach our expectations? And then he goes on to say, I feel like with The Last Guardian especially, um, people have wanted this game and waited for years and years, never knowing if it was really if it was actually just a myth. Personally, I thought it would never come out, um, and I. And now that I know that it's real, that I'll actually get to play it when I do, although it will be great, I don't think it will absolutely blow me away. Um, yeah, so that is that is something that kind of I was thinking about with that game too, because the expectations are now at, I, I don't know what it is about long delays that make us think that, oh, surely they've just been working and working and it's going to be extra amazing because of this long delay. Like, so, like some at some deep level, like that's kind of this, the fallacy that's going on, but it's like, there's so many really, behind the scenes things going on. Yeah. Yeah. Like really this game was in development hell for quite a while mm-hmm. and then had to be totally, it was starting to get on track and then had to be totally rebuilt for PS4. So I think the best thing we can do for this game is just say it's it's just a game. It may, it's probably going to be <laughs> it's probably going to be pretty good because like Ico and or Eco and Shadow of the Colossus are are you know great games. Yeah, um, but I, I don't I think we will be lucky if it's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> at this point, I, I my my concern with that one especially is not only has it been hyped for so long because everyone's waited for it to come out, mm-hmm. but that was like it started development as like a PS2 game. So really? I just wonder if the concept for that game is just so old and dated at this point. The time you start playing it, you're like, oh yeah, this this is not really the kind of game I like to play anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, that's entirely possible. Since that's, ten that's, years ago, that's entirely possible. But I think when I played the Shadow of the Colossus um, PS3 remake, I I loved it. I I still like. I feel like that gameplay was evergreen. So I think I don't know. I'm I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be good. I don't hold it in my I, I don't I'm not counting on it being like the best game of all time like he, yeah. he says here um, because it's it's probably not going to be it's probably just going to be a, a good game may, maybe really good even 
but yeah. so so the problem with uh, the problem with hype so and ex- sure. uh, the problem with hype and expectations though is um there there's no way that they're going to live up to to what you have in your mind and partially part of that is because um you have uh, you have just vague senses of oh wouldn't this be really cool oh that would be really cool but you haven't like fleshed them out you know what i mean yeah so, um yeah well i just so I, I think there's there's two sides to that though i think they've been smart uh with how they've sort of dealt with it i mean granted it's been a nightmare if you've been excited about this game like i've been i've i've been there since the announcement was made and you know the development and following every piece of news that has come out and i was devastated when i heard that it was canceled and then e3 rolls around you know like and and then they're like announcing it and i was like what i thought it was dead like it's just it yes yeah, it's, it's it back inspires this new sense of hope with you but i mean at least the things that we've seen of it has sort of been kept to a minimum as opposed mm-hmm. to things like and i'm i'm not necessarily using it totally in a negative light but watchdogs is a big thing for me and also final fantasy 15 Final Fantasy 15 has been in development for a long time and it seems mm-hmm. like they keep throwing out like little bits of information but it's just it's minuscule like oh here's a picture of a chocobo or just like w- weird stuff that you you don't really care about and it's been in development <laughs> for so long it's like okay I've been waiting for 8 9 years and still yeah. nothing um I don't know it's just it's it's been a little aggravating and then you've got the flip side where it's like watchdogs where they had this whole demo presentation of oh yeah this is what our game's gonna be guys get hyped and then people got hyped and then the game came out and it was not not (laughs) yeah not up to expectations because i I played that game all the way through and i just did not enjoy it but most of my complaints had to do with the fact the story was just for lack of a better word garbage uh yeah the story was not the strong point of that game you know it was funny because i i i enjoyed that game but that's the reason you were supposed to yeah but the story was absolutely like throwaway like i don't remember what happened well it's just like the the main character had the personality of dirt i mean he just i get what they were trying to do they wanted to splice together like a solid snake with like every other action like stoic hero (laughs) archetype kind of and just have him be really gruff and like i don't care about anybody except for my little niece who died revenge and that's his whole that's his whole personality and i i swear like all of the the supporting cast were way more interesting like even his buddy with the dreadlocks i can't remember his name but he was yeah. one of the hacker dudes and then the the girl with the dragon tattoo type of character i forget what her <laughs> yep. name was but <laughs> i mean they were real memorable real yeah, memorable well, characters I, mean, I, just, exactly. I remember their 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 looks and that they they at least had something going for them other than like revenge yeah. like that was his I, whole personality so i feel like that game is absolutely worth getting though if you can find it cheap and if you are going to play the best part of it which is the multiplayer <laughs> I, I mean that's assuming that there are still people that are like hacking I know into each other's games it's true. You, it would really have to depend on whether or not there are people still playing it but that game because it has been kind of like in the months and i guess it's been 
a year and a half or whatever. Yeah, um, it's been a long since, time since it came out that like yeah, people kind of soured on it, and now it's kind of like public knowledge that <laughs> this game is a bunch of garbage. You know, well. and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said that. Like I, I think I gave it three and a half out of five burritos just based on how great the multiplayer was. Yeah, um, but I was playing it at the time right after it came out, so there was a lot of people hacking my game, and like that that was super fun. Yeah, there was one day when I was playing that game. And I just decided to turn on the PS4 streaming abilities just because it was fun. I was having a really fun time. People kept hacking into my game and I was learning how that whole mechanic worked. And uh, so I just started streaming and I had like over 100 people watching me at one point. Um, like just watching me, you know, get hacked over and over again and then yeah. hacking into other people. And it was really fun. Like, um, I don't know. I, it's hard to explain how fun it is when you like, so there are little, like there were little telltale signs. Like when someone was hacking into your game, like when you paused it, the game would keep running in the background. Um, <laughs> and so you started like learning these secrets and then you could like start, then you would like start getting really suspicious of all the NPCs around you. Like, yeah, is this, is this a player? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, it's like, it's hide and seek, but like super crazy intense. Yeah. It, was, it was so much fun. I, I'm but, actually uh, having like I'm actually like smiling remembering yeah that it was time actually you should check out you know we I wonder if we could repost them oh on, I should those videos are super awesome uh, so they're I, on I made, David's old channel I made some uh, some like highlights of when I was streaming um, and posted them to my YouTube channel my old YouTube channel Sir Dative Gaming but yeah I should take that and put it on a like kind of rewrap it in some uh, SPF VGS stuff and yeah that'd be awesome because yeah, that, that's well, actually watching your videos is what got me into trying the the, the multiplayer so yeah I, I have you to thank oh you're welcome <laughs> all right so next question comes from Miss Maya it, or it might be Miss Maya could be no, Ms. no, no, Maya? no, it's it is. Ms. It's Miss Maya. Are you sure? I've confirmed with her. People. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so she says, first off, I'm so glad Ashley is back this Aww. fortnight. Aww. So, That's so nice. Good times. Good times. So she says, question with the uncharted multiplayer around the corner. I've been thinking about some awesome moments I've had in multiplayer games and modes. I think online play can often lead to unique experiences within a game. From very brutal to very rewarding. Um, do you have any war stories or moments that stick out to you? It's kind of funny. We just <laughs> we kind of got into that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't even do that on purpose. But yeah, the Watchdogs is definitely one of those for me. Um, that uh, just just the high speed chases or, you know, you, you I would be playing the single player and I'd be about to do something and then someone hacked me and it was like, no, because I was just about to like finish a, a side mission or something. And then so then you're just like motivated by all this revenge. I remember this one guy, I, I ran out of this warehouse I was in and um, I'm searching around all over the place and there's like, you know, all this junky cars around and stuff. And it's kind of like under an, un, like a bridge or something. And I'm running around and I, I'm looking all over and I can't seem to find him. And I, I just like had this moment of clarity. It was so sweet. I look and I was like, I bet he's in that dumpster. <laughs> he's in the dumpster. So I ran over there and got him. Oh, it was the best. It's the greatest thing. <laughs> that is awesome. When, when um, you catch him, it's a sweet, sweet feeling. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Uh, I actually have a story from Heroes of the Storm, uh, which I played actually last night. Uh, oh me and me and my buddy Penguin. Uh, I know his real name, but he prefers to go by Penguin, so we'll we'll call him that. Um, Oz, it's Oswald. <laughs> yes, <name>. Oswald. <laughs> last name Cobblepot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, portrayed by Danny DeVito in one movie. Uh, <laughs> 
Anyway, anyway, Penguin and I were playing this game, and we had this teammate that got so mad at Pe- now Penguin's the nicest guy I've ever played video <laughs> games with. He's so friendly. He calls everyone friend. You know, he's he's nice to everyone. Smiles, and every now and then he offers like suggestions because he's really good at the game. He offers suggestions for what people should be doing. In case, you know, they need some help or whatever. Oh, someone didn't appreciate it. Yeah, so he made a suggestion (laughs) to me to come down into his lane and help him fight. And one of the other guys was like, why do you need two people? We need three people top. And he just got so mad and he just (laughs) stopped doing all the objectives. Like he never, like whenever an objective popped up on the map, he would just stay in his lane and like fight the towers or whatever and like ignore the rest of his party. (laughs) Um, So, and and at one point he was like talking to me and Penguin and he's like, I won't start playing as a team player until you apologize. And Penguin immediately (laughs) apologized and he still didn't help. So so what we did is instead of instead of like expecting him to come help us, we just started going to him and staying with him, basically forcing him to be a team player by being around him. And uh, and we we like came back. We were like losing and we came back from that losing and we won the game. Oh, that's awesome. Despite his <laughs> awfulness. Despite his sabotage. The power of teamwork. Yeah. So, Begrudging so, teamwork. It was pretty fun. <laughs> that's awesome. So mine would be uh, definitely Uncharted 2 multiplayer. Oh, okay. yeah. We kind of have the crew together right now. Like, we this got is, the, that's true. We got the boot squad. Yeah. That's what they called us. Like, uh, I mean... I, I don't know about uh, you, Adam, but I mean, I met Ashley uh, through David when we were playing Uncharted. Yep. yep. Yeah, me too. Uh, multiplayer. And we killed it. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was good times. Oh, man. That's good memories, too. Because, I, I mean, I I specifically like playing the, the horde mode where you just have, like, the AI coming yeah, out of the waves. Yeah. Oh, my just, gosh. Yeah, it was just, intense. Like, bring them on, bring them on. And then you could sort of anticipate, okay, they're going to spawn here, and then they, these guys are going to pop up. And I think the most terrifying, too, because, I mean, I don't even remember what the enemies were called, but uh, my sister used to call them the ninjas because they had the masks. Oh, and then yes. they would, you would just, yeah, and the come. only thing you would hear would be their breathing. <laughs> And then they would come and start choking you out, and they they would terrify me because I mean, especially if you have a headset on, and it's oh yeah, it was uh, another another thing. But I yeah, I Uncharted is that's why I was I was a little little disappointed that they didn't decide to put the multiplayer on the the collection because that oh, would have yeah. had me over the moon if, yeah, if they had definitely. done that. Like because I know that they had did they had done that and had some trouble honestly with the uh, Master Chief collection. I mean, yeah. you can do the multiplayer with that, but um, yeah, that would have been amazing. But it just makes me look forward to Uncharted Four all that m- much more. And and me too. Yeah, that's that's also why the the delay kind of devastated me a little bit. I mean, it's only two <laughs> oh, weeks. Oh, that delay! It's only two weeks, but still, I mean, it's <laughs> two more weeks that I could have been playing Uncharted. <laughs> I, I, Dang but it. they're they're making they're making up for it, giving us the beta like for the whole weekend. So I'm that's awesome. Yeah. Very excited to get in there again because i i don't know about you guys because i know that you know not a lot of people have had the chance to play it but oh my god just all of the little things that they've incorporated into this like new multiplayer it's so fun I, it's I, really fun i love the grappling hook it's amazing Can confirm <laughs> yeah I, I love the grappling hook i also love getting a heavy and just like <laughs> use the, having him like provide covering fire and then you can oh, get yeah. to a new spot and then like take him out from the side it's oh my so cool. god and then uh, what i did also was uh you know the hunter that you can spawn and you basically oh, yeah. just chase him around and 
and follow him to an enemy. And as soon as yeah. you get him in a chokehold, I just wind up my grappling hook and whack him on the head and then just <laughs> kick him. And I'm like, yeah, this is so fun. Oh, yeah, you know, really just, a, just a little pro tip for any ninjas in training. You shouldn't. <laughs> pant really loudly when you're going <laughs> to <laughs> try to choke kind a dude out the element of surprise it, but it kind of spoils it yeah, just a little just so you know just a pro tip <laughs> yeah pro tip <laughs> it's a little section we call pro tips for ninjas specifically pro tips for ninjas <laughs> <laughs> all right you guys audible is offering the listeners of this podcast a free audiobook of their choice and a free 30-day trial membership all they have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash sbfvgs. You heard me right. Yeah. Audibletrial.com slash sbfvgs and oh. choose from over 180,000 audio programs. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. You became like so, an old man. Yeah. <laughs> One of those members. <laughs> they download a title free, you see, and they start listening to the favorite stories. <laughs> anyway, it's fun and easy, and it's good to do. It's good to do. Yes. Because that helps the podcast. And that's... That's the real reason you're doing it. Yes, of course, you're getting value. You're getting a wonderful story that you can listen to, you know. Mm -hmm. And but really, you're 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 buying us a cheeseburger. That's what's happening. So <laughs> yeah, it's true. Or a burrito, or hotcakes, <laughs> well, or probably a burrito. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this time, I'd like to open it up. Oh? Does anyone have any recommendations? I have one, but I don't want to hog it. Okay. Uh, I don't have any. Mm -mm. No? Nothing? Nobody no, likes books? I don't books. read. <laughs> I, I don't read ever. Books are dumb. <laughs> don't I do it, you guys. I would only be interested in listening to an audiobook at this point if Christopher Walken or Arnold Schwarzenegger was reading oh. it to me because that would be amazing. But I'm sure David can handle that. He just recorded it in those voices. Or no, Adam, too. You guys could take turns. Well, stranded Christopher on Walken. Mars. Oh, my <laughs> <The Martian>. gosh. <laughs> Oh, no, no. What if Walken was reading Shakespeare? Delay. What if Walken was reading Shakespeare, please? Yeah. But you... soft, what light through yonder window breaks? It's <laughs> <laughs> the so, east. And oh. Juliet so is the I, sun. I will, I will record the Dark Tower series by Stephen King <laughs> um, in the local stylings of Arnold. Yes. So, yes. We like, the man in black fled across the desert <laughs> and the gunslinger followed. <laughs> so there you go. So uh, yeah, I'll I, recommend the Dark Tower series by Stephen King because that all right. that's awesome. kind of that's crazy stuff. It's like a western, but it, there's like fantasy stuff going on, and it's like all that weird, twisted Stephen King stuff mixed in there, <laughs> and it ties in like a ton of his, his other books into the fiction, and it's really cool. So and people can get prepped for the movie that's being yeah, made. Yeah, exactly. Soon to be a major oh, motion picture. Is it a, it's a movie. It's not a TV show anymore. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember when Ron Howard was on board, it was going to be a TV show and movies. What? Yeah. They were going to do like a season of the show and then a film and then a season of the show and a film and do like the whole series that way, like in three films and a few seasons. Oh my gosh. I was in, I was into that idea, actually. That was a really cool sounding but idea. I've, I think it's uh, Matthew McConaughey uh, who signed on to play the Man in Black, oh. which is super awesome. He's going to be amazing. So and then um, Idris Alba. Oh, to play and then the Ian McShane, right? Didn't they just announce Ian McShane is, is someone now? Maybe. I'm pretty Eddie? sure they did. Is it Eddie? Uh, I, I can't, hang I don't on, know. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Ian this is a very long ad. Um, you can check out <laughs> the Dark Tower series. It's on audibletrial.com slash SBFVGS, and you'll support the show at the same time. Everybody wins. Everybody wins when you go to Audible. <laughs> 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 
topic this week i do so what's it gonna be okay so it's gonna be about final fantasy 7 what so let that settle in for just a moment and then i need you guys to answer a quick question for me okay how how spoilery do we feel like getting with this incredibly spoilery it's yeah let's get let's go all the way spoilers because it's it's 20 years (laughs) it's It's, 20 years ago it's 20 years okay cool so 19 19 years i mean if I realize some some of the listeners are younger and they may have not gotten a chance to uh, to play it. And I don't. I think you'd still enjoy it. I mean, I feel like it's it's kind of like Star Wars at this point. Like everyone, even if you've never watched that movie, you know the Death Star is yeah. going to blow up well, at some point. And I would be a little more lenient if it wasn't available on many like everything. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Every, I mean, they just yeah. announced the remake, it but it's PS4, and PS3, and Vita, and like, I mean, you can you can play it if you want to, even find a PlayStation pretty cheap. But I mean, it's yeah, it's it's old, so so yeah. yeah. If you're if you're very sensitive about spoilers, uh, go ahead and uh, skip the topic, the meat and potato. Um, but <laughs> I feel like you're gonna even if you've never played it and you plan on playing it, this is probably gonna be fine anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, all right, okay, so. Don't play it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's our topic, guys. Thanks for listening. This has been... <laughs> yeah, let's go on to... It. No. Okay, End so of the show plugs. A few weeks back, I picked up Final Fantasy VII, uh, PS1 Classic, playing on the Vita, and uh, I played the game initially when it came out, um, back in, like, what was 97? Mm-hmm. Uh, the game came out. So I, I played it around that time, and I remember liking it. Like, I didn't love it the way a lot of people loved it, uh, but I liked it. I thought it was a good game. Why didn't you love it, Mike? What's wrong with you? Um, well, we, we'll definitely have to get into that. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll but get I, into it. But I think it. a lot of it for me, I, I don't think the characters are really that interesting. Um, yeah. I know that's very weird for people who love that game, but I just I think a lot of the characters are actually incredibly boring. Um, mm, I feel mm. like this the and it's not a feeling; it is the the story <laughs> uh, and characters are, are actually very derivative of Final Fantasy VI. So if you played VI coming to seven, you're like, oh, kind of. I've already seen half of this. Um, so kind of coming with historical context of playing older Final Fantasies, like it didn't feel completely brand new. Um, but really, what it came down to for me is is mechanics. The mechanics have not held up well for that game. Um, I feel like I can go back and play some of the older, like, you know, Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI and, and still love those games. But seven, um, never mind, like, it's it's super ugly because it's one of the, you know, first polygonal, like, RPGs. Yeah. <laughs> it's very yeah. hard to look at sometimes. Oh. Um, but aside from that, just, like, mechanically, man, that is not a fun game to play through these days. Um, You're but, hurting me, Mike. You're hurting my feelings. I know. <laughs> And, and I kind of, that's why I want to get, I want to see how much you guys, any of these statements yeah, in, in any way other than just opinion. Yeah. That's, and that's why I want to get your guys' opinion about what you remember, because since I'm the only one who's actually dared to go back and play it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, Ashley, have you played it more than just the original time you played it? Or? Um, yeah. I mean, I've replayed it a, a couple of times, but I honestly, the last time I played it, it's, it's been a few years at least because the, the, the issue a lot with the, the, the older RPGs is that 
I mean, well, many RPGs is that it it takes some time to get through it. So mm-hmm. you figure if you start it, you need to have a journal or something to log <laughs> where you left off. Because if you leave that sucker for a couple months and you go back, you just yeah. like, what is happening? Because this was <laughs> yeah. in the days when they didn't have a nifty little journal in the game to tell you, oh, this is what happened before. This is what you're doing now. Right. So it can get a little confusing. But I mean, I have very fond memories of um, Final Fantasy 7 but I think it yeah, does I do too. It, it banks on the nostalgia pick just because it was one of the 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 main RPGs that I remember playing as a kid and being very much in love with and then I had a very emotional reaction to a lot of the stuff that happened in the game specifically the death of one character in particular you said spoiler so you yeah, can go I ahead mean, and just... I mean Ares like she she was my my favorite character in the game uh, and mm-hmm. then I kind of like in my little kid mind too was I was totally into the romance that was blooming between Cloud and Ares. Oh, yeah. And then how could you not? Yeah, be? and then you get to you know <laughs> the little theme park, and then you you experience the play, and I and that's that's the stuff that I remember the weird wacky little uh, like pieces of of story that make absolutely no sense out of context, but. When you when you think back on it, you're like, oh my god, that's that's really neat. And then you know that that dramatic you know CG like cutscene happens, and I think the worst part too is when you weren't expecting it, and she had all of this great materia equipped to her too. Like not only was she my favorite mm-hmm. character, but she died with all of that stuff equipped. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and there's yeah. no going back from that. So it was oh, just man. kind of like a, a one, two Wasted punch. all that time leveling yeah. her up. And they yeah. didn't, they didn't let you loot her dead corpse. Nope. Not at all. It's like, I'm going to take this oh, no. and this and this before I drop her in before the water. I, and, yeah, before uh, I lovingly bury her in the, in the sea. I'm going to be very respectful yeah. about it. I'm going to be very respectful, but you know, I kind of need these things back. Like hey, uh, like I'm just gonna rifle through your pockets real quick. (laughs) I mean, I guess don't mind me. I guess that kind of makes sense, like canonically, because I was kind of wondering, like, why she didn't just float there when you put her in the water? (laughs) She sank because she stole all my stuff. (laughs) She's got all that stuff in her pockets. (laughs) All my materia. She still has it. All that that heavy armor and and that didn't show up at all. I mean, it was great. It was great. But I, I just, I don't know. Even the dialogue was awful in the game. I mean, just yeah, it's not great. I remember too, like Barrett being a really funny character for me because most of his dialogue was in curse words, but then they just put like the little asterisks and, like exclamation yeah. points to, to blur was, it out. Yeah. Yeah. And he was basically Mr. T. Basically. <laughs> we're being honest with ourselves. Yeah. Pretty much. And who doesn't want to have Mr. T on your crew? I mean, the A team. Yeah. Right? And you make a solid point, Adam. <laughs> Here's here's so, the the crazy thing about that exact point though is that I think on the older games I mean Final Fantasy has always like taken moments to like wax philosophical like out of context mm. like but I think with the old games there was a limitation in space like there's actually text limitations with the old cartridges so mm-hmm. they couldn't just keep writing and a lot of those limitations kind of disappeared with the with the PlayStation they had way more space mm-hmm. and so yeah that gave them way more room to write really bad dialogue. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny because even like in Final Fantasy VI, they had to trim out a bunch of the dialogue for the U.S. version, yeah, just because our letters aren't as efficient in yeah, we can't truncate into kanjis and yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they the Japanese version actually has a ton more context that we don't get uh, in six, which is yeah. interesting. But yeah, so um, David, what are your thoughts on Final Fantasy VII? Because I I'm going to take you guys when it comes to my turn. I'm going to take you guys on story time <laughs> for a, a journey, few minutes. A journey of magic. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a journey. Magical wonderment. So, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so my history with Final Fantasy VII is a tricky one. Um, I remember seeing the concept art for the characters and like falling in love with that art style, mm-hmm. and then seeing the actual characters in the game and seeing how low polygon like they were. And I just I remember completely disliking that art style, mm. um, which is funny because now that I'm like talking about this, I'm remembering little debates that Adam and I had, and I believe one of our <laughs> debates was. How, like I believe the argument was why hand drawn is better than like low polygon figures in Final <laughs> Fantasy VII, and uh, I remember. I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember Adam, you were you were fighting, you were like in love with the low polygon look, and I was more about the uh, the art style, the 2D art style. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, anyway, it, we we always had these silly little debates when we were in high school, and that was one of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that said, when the game came out, and I finally got to experience like how cinematic it was, and even though the story wasn't like maybe the best story ever you know it's no citizen kane or whatever but <laughs> um, citizen kane of video games yeah well no, we haven't had that yet we can talk about that at some other time um anyway i was i looked at that game and i saw potential and and i saw where video games were going and it was very exciting to me another game that showed me kind of the potential and the future of video games was um metal gear solid the first one on ps1 yeah, yeah uh, definitely like it was so cinematic and the story like sucked me in because of how cool it was. And, mm-hmm. uh, and final fantasy seven had that same thing where I, the world that they built in that game for the first time was like, it felt a lot more fleshed out than usual. And, um, you know, and I know all that stuff was technically there in the super Nintendo final fantasy games. And, you know, it was technically, you know, there was great stories and stuff that happened, but, for the first time you could see it in addition to being told that it was there or, or, you know, having very crude, you know, representations, beautiful, beautiful pixel art. Don't get me wrong, but there was still a whole lot. Your imagination had to fill in, you know, to, it was more, it was, it's hard to explain, but it's, it's kind of yeah, more no, no, like I reading a book get it. than watching a movie, which Final Fantasy VII was more like watching a movie. And that's what I like to do. Yeah. So, so in the, in the moment, for sure, the, the production value of seven was like, just blew everything else out of the water. And the and, music was really I, good. I, mm-hmm. Yeah. But ironically, I think now looking back, I think the pixel art actually holds up better. Oh, so much better. <laughs> like, I, well, it does. It does. But at the same time, I, I would still stand by that statement that, you know, Final Fantasy VI is more like reading a book, and and Final Fantasy VII is more like watching a movie. Um, yeah, okay, just just the way it feels, you know. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I want to take you guys on story time. <laughs> Please do, because <laughs> I don't want I don't want to feel like I'm bashing the game. I do want to yeah, make yeah. some clarification about it, but I need yeah. more positivity before <laughs> okay, I tear so, it all down. <laughs> so, all right, so there are games right that you just play and you move on with your life, right? A- and then there are those games. That like embed themselves in your gamer DNA, and Final Fantasy VII is one of those games for me. So <clears throat> let's let's say I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna basically say I'm gonna take you on a little journey. So okay, you never forget your first right. So <laughs> I I had yeah I. Yeah, exactly. first hotcake. First, that's it. First hotcake, very memorable. <laughs> I had hung out with buddies and like co-piloted, you know, while they played older Final Fantasy games, like uh, for example, like the original Final Fantasy on NES, Final Fantasy VI in particular. Um, and I thought they were pretty cool. 
but I was definitely more of like an action platformer, beat 'em up type of gamer in those days. Like I would play a lot of Mario and Contra and and Mike Tyson's Punch Out, Ninja Turtles, that kind of stuff. And so then like probably mid nineties at some point I had started to flirt a little bit with some of the French sci-fi games that were coming out of like Delphine software, um, that had far more cinematic storytelling. Um, and like, uh, out of this world or another world, um, as the other title for it and then flashback. So, Mm -hmm. and those quickly became some of my favorite games. And it was largely due to that focus on world building and the cinematic storytelling and uh, character focus. So I came away from those games, like craving more of that. And, you know, going back to things like streets of rage, where it's like, Oh dude came up and punched my girlfriend in the stomach and took her (laughs) better. I better fight 700 dudes, (laughs) you know? So, you know, it was like, there was a reason. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of story. So, uh, I was really missing that. And so then final fantasy seven comes along and it was, I think they had like three months of hardcore TV ads for that thing. Oh yeah. So like the word was, and it was definitely in every magazine out. Yeah. It was <laughs> everywhere you looked, you see that picture of like cloud standing there with the, the Midgar mm-hmm. uh, s- skyline up there. And it was like, Oh my gosh, I want to play that so bad. And it was a, so finally it came out. I had never played like start to finish, uh, an RPG. Um, and so for me, it was just like uh, this foray into a strange new world, you know, like not, not just the game world of, of seven, but like an exploration of these very foreign, very Japanese themes and characterizations. Um, and so, and I guess you could say that about anyone's first JRPG or anime or whatever. So that's not def- uh, necessarily unique to Final Fantasy seven, but, um, in the case of that game, it was, um, you know, it was my first, and, and I, it was the first big RPG for a ton of Western gamers. So, like, if you talk to people anywhere around our age, they probably played that game, and it was probably one of the first big JRPGs they played. And mm-hmm. so, it kind of sparked at a mainstream level that new interest in JRPGs. Um, and so, kind of based on that presentation, and based on that, the fact that it was new and exciting and everything, there it kind of... That game came out at a time where it was like a perfect storm of these outside factors that made it what it was in that moment uh, in 1997. Because you had the the state of the console market at the time, you had uh, new consoles, CD-ROM drives, you know, and um, the game size could be so much bigger and it opened up doors for FMV and all this stuff. And so there was like all this anticipation of what technical marvels kind of awaited us, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the game came on three CDs, if you remember. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. It was too big crazy. for one CD ROM. <laughs> like, and too big for two CDs. It was a madness, you know? <laughs> um, Cause I think that, that game originally was going to be developed for the super Nintendo and, and oh, they yeah. couldn't, you know, and then it was going to go to the su- the Nintendo 64. Nintendo PlayStation. Yeah. Well, then oh. it was going to go to N64. Oh, was and then, it really? Yeah. And oh then my gosh. Like, you know what? We can't realize our vision on this hardware, and Nintendo's refusing to depart from cartridges, so we got to go elsewhere. And so that's what brought them to Sony. Wow, I did um, not remember that part. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Um, and then you couple all that with like that mid to late nineties obsession with the newly possible pre-rendered backgrounds and cutscenes that was kind of, um, sparked by Toy Story coming out in 95. Mm-hmm. Rendered on I, Silicon graphics <laughs> computers. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember, but I, I remember as myself just watching anything I could get my eyeballs on that was like 3D. That was all rendered. Computer generated, rendered. <laughs> like I couldn't, I could not get enough. I remember. We, uh, there was this club in in Nashville, and we used to go there for concerts. And they played like this dumb loop of really bad, like Lawnmower Man level uh, computer graphics on these TVs around. And I was just oh like transfixed. Well, I was transfixed with it. The so, things that I remember were kind of terrifying, though. I don't know if you guys remember watching <laughs> Ally McBeal, but do you remember the dancing baby that oh, was yeah, in that? Oh yeah, scary yes. dancing baby. Yeah, just really yeah. creepy. But it was so, all CG yeah, and rendered. It's all so rendered, so cool. dude. It's all rendered. Man. Man. Like a real life baby <laughs> dancing. <laughs> So you couple those factors with the fact that at a design level, the game is actually incredibly accessible by RPG standards. Like it's a very simple game to pick up and get into. And so being that it was my first RPG, it's kind of crazy that I actually went on to get like the PS1 equivalent of the platinum trophy for that game. Like I did everything yeah. there was to do in that game. Um and so that's kind of that's that's kind of where why it holds a special place in my heart. It turned me on to a whole new genre and it really revealed a lot of like some of the the fun uh strangeness to a western kid um of like Japanese culture that was inserted into those games. So um Anyway, so that's my story time. Um, I've got I got plenty more to say on Final Fantasy VII, but it's a good, it's a great I'll, I'll story. open it back up. It's a good story. Now here's here's what I like about your story, Adam. Because I think you kind of you kind of explained to me something that really mattered to you, and that's the accessibility of it. It, it is mm-hmm. a very accessible game. That's one of the things it does really, really well. Um, hopping back into it, um, you know, it, I don't have a complaint about that regard at all. I, I think my biggest complaint in trying to replay that game mm-hmm. is the story pacing is, especially early on in the game, is really bad. Um, mm. You go long periods of like not getting enough story, and that sounds weird because because a lot of things happen at the very beginning in Midgar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what happens is like they throw in, they throw in so many mini games. Yeah. Now, did I you make it out of Midgar? Next, yeah, I did. Yeah, I absolutely okay. made it out of Midgar, which doesn't do you any any good because like you go <laughs> you go two towns away from Midgar, and it's like. Okay, you got you got to you got to get uh you got to chase the Sephiroth. Super important. You better do that right now. And uh, you head down to the beach and it's like, "Okay, but like there's this kid that that needs CPR. Like you got to give him CPR right now." But that's it's a mini game. So it's going to take a little CPR while. mini game. You know what is the best mini game is the slap fight between Tifa <laughs> and Scarlet, I, I think that it was. One. Yep. And you're on top of the big cannon and it's like, "Oh, slap fight mini game. Here we go." Yeah. And see, at the time, I didn't know any different. I thought that's probably how all JRPGs are. So I was just like, this is weird. I'm going with it because this game's amazing. You know? Yeah. Uh, um, quick side note uh, Mike, you'll never be able to convince me Final Fantasy VII is bad because I own a cat and I named her Tifa. So, okay. <laughs> see, there you go. Yeah, and actually, that's a really interesting observation because that world has stuck with people. Mm-hmm. Like, w- say what you will about, like, the mechanics haven't aged well or the right. graphics haven't aged well. The music's still amazing, even though it's all MIDI, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's, it's yeah, it just... it still sounds well, great. Yeah, no, Nobuo Matsu, just yeah, genius a G. composer. Mm-hmm. Same, G. same composer from Six, by the way. Yeah. 
Six is same, probably same the superior. Same director from Six, by the way. These <laughs> these games are hyper comparable. Like, and it, yet we only hear Mike talking about Six for some reason. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> let me let me let me break some things down for you. So my my big problem is not it, again. It's not so much the story of the world for Seven. It's just it's the mechanics of that game uh, that like get in the way of like progressing through that story. It's mm. like okay, cool. You you got to go save Tifa. That's really important. And to do that. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to cross dress. Okay, fine. That's that's a little weird. <laughs> so, uh, that's, but you can't that's just. What, it's part of the charm. <laughs> yeah, but, that's kind of what's endearing about no, the no, game, though. It, it has such I, a weird sense of humor. Again, that is not the issue here. The issue is is you can't just do that though. You're gonna you're gonna have to play a couple of mini games. You're gonna have to play like the squatting mini game in like the gym <laughs> and get into know, the hot dog with like six other dudes. Yeah, you have to play games to get to that point. It's like fine, and then you should just after Sethroth before you can get on the boat, you got to play the CPR mini game, which is immediately followed by like the dolphin jumping mini game <laughs> that gets you on you know to this tower. Uh, which is going to get you onto the ship. But to get onto the ship, you have to, you know, uh, play the the mini game where you have to like be a soldier and like try to sneak into the already marching line. Mm-hmm. Oh, I loved that part. And I that mini game is then preceded by a Simon Says mini game of like following <laughs> orders and spin. It's like mini game after mini game after mini game. It's like I just want to see what happens next. <laughs> like, why won't you let me play the game? See, I, okay, so I think that is actually part of the what made it accessible, though. It was like, it wasn't just hardcore RPG mechanics start to finish, you know, like some of the other installments of the series. It was, there was all this variety built in, like, there was a snowboarding minigame, for crying out loud. Like, there was all kinds of, in, in like, the arcade, if you remember. And, like, so there was, like, all this stuff to do. There was just... And that's kind of, I guess, part of what I loved about it, too, was how, what an ambitious game it is. There's just stuff to do everywhere. And Mm -hmm. it's a huge world. Um, I I think I spent upwards of 75 hours in that game. Like, and I mean, that was, for the time, that was more time than I had probably ever invested in a game, you know? Yeah, definitely. But like, I I was about to say um, that, like, that world has really stuck with people, you know? Um, And and it, it... did so in a way that kind of few game worlds do I, I, like a, just a, a very short list kind of comes to mind like the you know city of rapture from bioshock or the town of silent hill mm-hmm. um or melee island from monkey island you know um these these different game worlds that like they kind of latch onto your soul a little bit and you're, what about uh the first level in super mario 64 yeah the totally the castle i feel like that one is there? yeah yeah, that open grassy playing field area. Yeah, or like uh, like friend of the show, Megaran. He <laughs> he wrote his his Black Materia album, right? And there's a song on there all about bombing the Mako reactors. And I just <laughs> got the biggest grin on my face when I heard that song for the first time. You know, like I was like, yes, like this guy gets it. You know, this guy gets it. This guy gets it. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, all it, it it is kind of telling that you know all of my fond memories of this game are story and world related they're not so much tied to the characters and and Um, i think that's a big part of it too is like going back to play again like i again i when i played it i liked it i think it's just one of those games trying to go back and play it again now yeah like honestly like as i as i probably got to like about 10 hours in i was like huh before i was a little up in arms about the the final fantasy 7 remake like them changing it to a different kind of game Mm -hmm. but like as the more i played i was like i get it this does not hold up well like well, that exactly. Like, so th- there's been, I think even the most like stalwart defender of Final Fantasy VII at this stage will admit to you that the systems and some of the various things in the game 
have not aged well. And so that's kind of why there's so much outcry for a remake. Yeah. Um, that's really, it's gotta be the driving force. I mean, cause there, there's such a cool world there. There's that emotional, uh, emotional resonance that Ashley touched on. Right. So that was definitely like my first in-game romance, right? Like I, <laughs> I remember like really caring about cloud getting together with Eris and I was like, man, I'm going to make this happen. I'm gonna be super sweet to her. You know? <laughs> like, And then I, I totally teared up for the first time in any game ever in this game and so that's that's part of why it's so it's it's near and dear yeah well yeah that theme was like so amazing and then i still remember to this day playing the the first part uh, of the game and just having the opening theme swell up and you see mm-hmm. aries like silhouetted in the green light and like mm-hmm. walking out into the street and then it just pulls out into this big like city and i mean it just i don't know like it, it just there there's n- not a lot of games that stick out in my memory like that, especially nowadays, mm-hmm. because I think the problem that we're running into nowadays is that everybody's copying everybody and there's no like individuality, especially when it comes to like gameplay mechanics and stuff. So everything kind of runs together. So even like if you're playing something and a couple months later, you're like, oh yeah, that thing that I was playing. What yeah. was it again? <laughs> oh God, wait, I know what, the, I, I know what it is. I, I know what, what it was like to play it, but I can't remember the name of it. And it's just, it just doesn't stick out, but I, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a special kind of game. It, and it's, it's, yeah. it's special because it's weird and it's kind of clunky. And I, I still fondly remember like the character models in game. They look like two, three chess pieces kind of mashed together <laughs> awkwardly. It's just, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I, I love Final Fantasy VII. It's, it's got a je ne sais quoi. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, well, it that's the thing. The game is such a gloriously grand mess, mm-hmm. right? It's it's like the movie Brazil. Have you guys seen that? It's like well, there's so much weird stuff in there, but somehow it adds up to something wonderful. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't, I, it's really hard to explain. But uh, I, that, all that said, I haven't gone back to play it. I played it at the one time, you know, almost 20 years ago. It's real rough, man. I got to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, if we can kind of... I, I do want to stand to the defense a little bit of the characters. Because okay, wait, while they're probably inferior to Six's characters from Absolutely you know, they are. things that I've, I've read and everything, <laughs> yeah. but um, you have... Cloud is actually... He actually has a pretty strong character arc for as, as 90s JRPG protagonists go, mm-hmm. you know? Um, he starts out, like, very sure of himself and his place in the world and... Um, and he's kind of a douche to everybody. Mm-hmm. The, the, the kind of guy David might describe as cocksure. <laughs> cocksure, yes. Yeah. And uh, so but then he comes to realize, he's, you know, he's not who he thought he was. And everything starts to change in his characterization, even down to his dialogue starts getting like has has more of a sense of humor to it. And he's like kind of a little snarky, you know, and but he's still working with the team. He's not like a douche anymore. Um, and he then goes on to be like heroic and, and I, and there's, there's the whole heiress factor too, in that, um, you know, at first blush, she's like this nice, like a goody, goody girl scout kind of type. Right. And then, but as you get to know her more, you realize she's like funny in weird ways. Like, like she's the one who hatches the whole cross dressing plan for cloud, (laughs) you know? And, and then, but then she's, she's the one who, basically sets in motion the events that end up saving the planet right so mm-hmm. you know, she sacrifices herself um to save her friends and it's like, like so she's not just a victim of of sephiroth you know mm-hmm. um 
And, uh, and so that gives cloud the whole like personal emotional motivation to go after, sure. uh, Sephiroth, um, instead of, you know, like just because he's the bad guy or just to <laughs> save the world, you know? Um, so he actually has like an emotional center to that, that conflict. So, um, so that's, uh, you know, a lot of really important things about her too. Like, so even, and even though like Sephiroth is, he's, he's a good, not great villain. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, um, but that but, theme song, but man, though. <laughs> that's that theme song <laughs> and, oh and like God. you know what's funny uh like because he sure looked cool walking through the fire oh. right? yeah, sword. Sure did. and man did i want him dead after the airs thing <laughs> <laughs> man did i want him dead so i'm poor, basically poor man's kafka but yeah i get it he's, so yeah he's I, great. I there's to... a lot of layers to him too because i mean just like the psychotic break that he goes through being like the perfect soldier and then finding out what he does and then just going completely insane and just wanting to destroy everything i mean at least they, there seemed to be like some stuff leading up to it but that's the thing about it too it's just, it's so not not it's, it's almost borderlining on on convoluted most jrpgs are because they're so long yeah, and oh, there's absolutely. so many different <laughs> yeah. like, levels to the story but i mean it's, it's it's basically like a soap opera that you get to play through and you know enjoy but i i yeah he he really he he was interesting because especially when you go to the like the town where sephiroth like supposedly grew up and then he finds out about genova and like uh, like yeah. all this other stuff and and i i don't know like it, it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting i, I like no, yeah I, I get that like i said the the difficult coming uh part from my perspective to like like those characters as much as a lot of people like those characters is coming from six and like again there's so many comparisons like you have you know you've already described sephiroth i think pretty accurately um kafka from final fantasy 6 is like a soldier in in the in the empire who's experimented on and and it drives him crazy Mm -hmm. um and he drives his plan like sephiroth derives a plan to like try to destroy the world in in order to like i i gosh it's been a while but i think he's like trying to like cause enough damage to the world that like he becomes one with the live stream or something like that and becomes very godlike or something yeah, like that. yeah. Mm-hmm. he wants to he thinks he'll get like godlike powers if he just does enough damage to the planet yeah, yeah so something crazy like that which is which is basically again you have kefka a crazy soldier for the empire who uh has a similar plan he's gonna you know destroy the world uh mm-hmm. except the difference is when you get to what you think is gonna be the end of that game uh, you lose, Kefka wins. He actually does destroy the world, basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your party so, is dispersed, and like you, one of your main characters like wakes up from a coma a year later to find like the world is mostly a wasteland now. Kefka has been ruling over it like a god, and now you have an open world to explore to go if you want to reassemble your your former party members and try to take him down. Yeah. So or that you can just say I'm a- done playing the game, and it was a sad ending. <laughs> He yeah, won. That was, I got the bad ending. <laughs> you got the bad yeah. ending. So I, I was doing a little research. I read up on Kefka a bit because, I, like, as I said, I have never actually finished uh, Final Fantasy VI. Yeah, you're but a monster. I realized <laughs> I've never even played. It. I realized why you why you love Kefka so much. Was that? as I was researching? Okay, hit me because with Kefka is basically the Joker. Oh, hundred like, percent. Yeah, he Kefka, is. He looks like a, he looks like a clown <laughs> in the earlier parts of the game. Yeah, like he. Um, he just wants to watch the world burn, you know, yes. it's like, but that's then he's whole, like, he does it. <laughs> yeah. And then he does it. And that, that's the crazy thing. Like, so he's actually the most successful villain of any of the, uh, the villains in these games. Cause this is hundred percent true. They always get up to that point where they're going to get the power that's going to destroy everything. And then, then the, the good guys beat him. But Kefka actually like he wins 
and yeah. they and then you get to explore like the world of ruin as they call it you know like where right. it's like he's been having his way and just like wiping oh my out gosh, swaths so of people <laughs> that and that is a very interesting i i'd say arguably more interesting than the sephiroth uh story yeah. and i and i feel um, like gameplay wise it's it's very interesting I, you have a bunch of characters each character has like a unique uh either method of attacking or unique tools they can use uh, uh satan's awesome because he uses like street fighter controls to do attacks like gosh that game is so <laughs> good and so complex i i just want to throw this out there i did a google image search for kefka because i had no idea what he looked looked like Final <laughs> yeah, Fantasy are you VI terrified now? he is a very strange looking man but it, buried within all these pictures of this clown man is a picture of johnny <laughs> depp's version of the mad hatter <laughs> and he fits in just perfectly <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> so, good. Uh. so crazy thing right because i've you know i hear a lot of people say that final fantasy 6 is either a the greatest rpg greatest it's jrpg really of all time second second greatest after chrono trigger or or you know that it's their favorite final fantasy you know all yeah, this kind of true. stuff so <clears throat> um but the crazy thing is um, according to uh, Hironobu uh, Sakaguchi, Final Fantasy VI didn't actually sell well in the U.S. Like by series standards, it, it did very well in Japan, like a few million copies, but it only sold on Super Nintendo maybe two hundred fifty thousand copies huh. in the U.S. What? Yeah, it's probably because it's really bad and uh, Mike is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. No, um, no, but what I was—I mean, so of course it's gone on to sell a lot more. You know, as it's been re-released and re-released and re-released. I mean, now it, the total is somewhere we're just over three million uh, it's, um, it's over four if you count like the compilation releases oh yeah the compilations that's right but like if by the same standards final fantasy 7 is up over 11 or 12 million yeah, so i mean yeah. if you compare those two i can see maybe a little bit of bitterness too for the final <laughs> fantasy 6 faithful oh there's um, definitely bitterness <laughs> because you have this less original younger brother right yeah who is he's aping older brother's style and getting all the glory um, you yeah, know, and I mean, all I, the ladies, I, and I all the ladies. Uh, I can't compare it. Antifa. There's a level of, of almost irritation to see people playing like what is essentially a much simpler game, like a much simpler version of the same game. And like, there, I mean, there are a lot of parallels. Yeah, oh, the more, hundred, I, oh, so the many. more I looked into Final Fantasy VI, the more I was like, wow, there are a ton of parallels yeah, the, between the yeah. story and like the villains, it, the characters. There's the story, the material systems derivative of the, of the Magicite system. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, what are you going to do? So that, that was one thing, though, like, because the game didn't sell very well here, I was wondering, like, why that was. And I think it may have had to do with the $80 price tag. Yeah, which oh, in, my word. In Card 1990, used to cost some money. Yeah, and in 1994 <laughs> money, if you adjust for inflation, that's, it's like buying a cartridge for $128. Wow. Uh, yeah. That's let let me right. borrow a now. phrase from, from uh, Netflix's new series, Fuller House. Oh my Lanta! <laughs> well, nice we're plug not, there, David. We're not nice doing plug. that. <laughs> Very subtle. Very just subtle. Just throw that out there. Yeah. Holy yeah, so chalupas! Like, Sakaguchi is actually kind of mystified that so many people here love that game so much now because no one back then bought it. He said, <laughs> "He's like Americans didn't buy Final Fantasy VI back then." <laughs> yeah, that's kind of crazy. But I mean, yeah, so. I feel like we've covered both games pretty well. I I think clearly at the oh end gosh, of this, we haven't we haven't scratched six at all. Final Fantasy VII is the best. I for hours and hours. No, so you know, I've... Final Fantasy VII's the best, and Final Fantasy VI is lame, and yeah. I think that's a good place to end. Yep. Sure. Like in like bizarro world. 
<laughs> I mean, maybe if they make a remake of Final Fantasy VI, I'll give it a sh- I'll give it a shot. But... No, no, it's already <laughs> perfect. There's, no, there's nothing to do there. It's already perfect. Don't worry. Just put it on well, your Vita. Buy a Vita, then no, get actually, it on your Vita. Uh, that's not maybe uh, the GBA version oh, yeah. or like the the ps1 uh classic version has like all like these load times added into it like it's not the best version of that game mm. yeah. or you know what i could just not play it well yeah <laughs> well, miss out what can i what can i do so yeah, you'll be deal. missing out back to my uh my analogy you know final fantasy 6 is like reading a book and final fantasy 7 is like watching a movie I don't really like reading books, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I feel like I would, I would be safe to say that whenever I go watch a movie, I'm like, hmm, book was better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I almost never feel and that not, way. Actually. Not being, not being pretentious, like, well, not trying to anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, almost always, I'm like, yeah, that that actually worked out way better in the book, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I disagree. I, I almost never feel that way, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I'm being honest. I, it, sound like, it a, sounds a like it sounds like a simple man with simple taste, David. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, simple man with simple tastes. Simple, uh, better methods of storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was an awesome topic. Thank you, Miguel. Sure. All right, you guys. End of the show plugs for men and women. <laughs> hey, Adam, so, I know I know the whole plan like with only having one meat and potato topic was to like decrease to go shorter. Yeah. The length just a little it bit. It sure didn't work. <laughs> it did hasn't it? worked yet. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll I kind of figured when I picked that topic it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, it was a beefy. <laughs> it was a beefy one. So, if you're like David and you don't like reading books, you can sure <laughs> help us out by supporting the show and signing up for a free audiobook on audibletrial.com slash sbfvgs. Also, treat yourself to a t-shirt. Get an sbfvgs t-shirt. Treat yourself. Um, cafepress.com slash sbfvgs. You can check out our latest gaming videos on the YouTube uh, channel. Oh, that's that's bit.ly slash sbfvgsyt. And hopefully yes. we'll have some of those sweet, sweet uh, watchdogs videos that uh, yeah, we might have some David of those. Was talking about we will definitely we will definitely have a little behind the scenes video uh, before the before we record every episode. We we like talk about all kinds of various random things uh, and before this episode we talked about a lot of different stuff so yeah. i'm gonna have to figure out three branches what we can, you know well i don't know if i'll post that one but i'll figure out what i can actually post of what we talked about inside and, uh, jokes are the best for podcasts yeah, inside jokes the best everyone so, so yeah so be on the lookout on the the youtube um and uh special thanks to eric mr kruger for our podcast logo Yes. And uh, if you like the show, help us out. Leave a review on iTunes and tell a friend. That's the honorable thing to do, I think. Yeah, the the iTunes review thing is actually real. Like, we're not just asking for that because we want you guys to tell us how great we are. Um, it's that actually, too. It's mostly that, well, but... The, no, there's like an algorithm that the, the iTunes podcasting stuff looks through like oh this show's getting a lot of uh comments we should get, promote get it heat. a little more yeah. yeah getting some heat let's feature so, it and then it blows up and yeah. then we're all rich and famous that's <laughs> even that's you guys. the idea you've been the audience <laughs> we share we'll share the wealth 
Right? <laughs> well, yeah. So, so you can follow us all on Twitter, uh, SBF VGS Podcast. That's the uh, podcast account. I'm Barry White, B U R Y W I T E. Mike is Taco Douglas. David mm-hmm. is David J Tate, and Ashley is that geeky gal mm-hmm. on the tweets. Um, yeah, be our friend on the PSN. Same names, except for Taco underscore Douglas, Michael, yep. and Ashley, who is up she goes. Mm-hmm. Let's all play Bro Force. <laughs> Let's play Bro no, Force. Let's, we gotta play Uncharted Four. We gotta play some Uncharted Four. Oh, we'll we'll be tweeting it out for sure. Yeah, but see, by, yeah. the, by the time the episode airs, that is gonna be long over. <laughs> it's gonna be so. over. Yeah. Well, then, so. then everybody can just talk about how much they enjoyed it. By that. Yeah, yeah. We can. Let's 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 time travel. Man, guys, wasn't that so oh my sweet? God. Oh, I can't Grappling hook. Uh, how about that new level? <laughs> I punched a guy. Banging. <laughs> <laughs> so you can join the super best friends video game sleepover ps4 community um friend us on there play some games with us it'll be a good time um friend uh, david and i on the xbox live barry white and ttoe Woo! good good times there um find us on facebook at facebook.com slash sbfvgs or you can follow the blog at sbfvgspodcast.wordpress.com and that's where you'll be seeing mike's new project the hunt the hunt I want to say thank you again, uh, Ashley, for being on the show with us. It's been a great time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for helping me defend Final Fantasy VII's honor. (laughs) I kind of feel like it ended up being three against one. It kind of did. I mean, you you (laughs) had the upper hand having played it recently, so it's all fresh in your mind. Whereas we are like, uh, memories from years ago. (laughs) Yeah. I mean. that's fine. Yeah. You can't beat nostalgia, Mike. I'm sorry. You, no, you can't. Fine. The warm and fuzzies. That's, That's how George Lucas keeps making his money. <laughs> <laughs> well, not anymore. He sold all that oh, stuff. Now Disney's making all that money. Not the prequels either. No. That's not warm and fuzzies for me. That's nausea. But that's yeah. just me. Yeah. <laughs> I hate sand. It's coarse and unrefined. Oh, man. It gets everywhere. David, I mean, how did you become like such that. a great actor? Oh. <laughs> I didn't know you were an actor. So, so Not like bad. here. I hope FF7 Remake comes out and Hayden Christensen does all the voices. <laughs> and they put dialogue specifically about sand. On the beach, <laughs> that happening. kid is dying on the sand. I hate sand. Oh, so I can't get near him. This is why I hate sand. <laughs> All right, you guys, that's all the time we have for Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover Episode 38. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back every two weeks with more procedurally generated talk on gaming. They're all rendered. They're totally (laughs) rendered. Hit us up on Twitter or Facebook with your questions, topics, and or musings if you want to be part of the show. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye -bye. Bye Bye-bye. The tweets are happening. Tweets from peeps. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very natural slogan. I think yeah. we should keep it. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.